0: Welcome back, friends. You are listening to Parenting for the Culture on the Black Love Podcast Network, and I am your host, Sheree Sims, PBS Early Learning Champion, Mama to Six Beautiful Heavens, ages 13, 11, 10, 7, and twin five-year-olds. And we are getting ready to go back to school. Summer is almost out. I know there's that song like, school's out for summer. Is there a summer's out for school song? If not... I think somebody should write it, and then we should sing it because we are getting ready to go back to school. And I think that is, I actually don't think it's worth celebration. I like summertime. I do. And I enjoyed it with my children. It feels like it went by fast. But as always, I like to start with the pit and peak of my day. It's something I do with my family and something that I like to do here with you all. And my pit and peak are actually both related to back to school, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So I'll jump into it. The pit of my day is that I woke up at 8 a.m. on the dot and my children are supposed to be in camp at 8 (laughs) a.m. And in a few weeks, they're going to need to be in school at 8 a.m. So I cannot have mornings where I'm waking up at 8 a.m. So that was the pit. It was a little bit of a rushed morning, which leads me into back to school and the things that I think of when I think about back to school and what's important. And in talking about back to school, we're going to talk about four of the kind of most important things I think about in preparation for back to school. And those are number one, your connection to the classroom curriculum and the teacher. Number two are morning and night routines and developing those. Number three are drop off routines. And number four, are the afternoon meltdowns, also known as after-school restraint collapse. It's like a real thing that they've studied and looked into and very normal. So we're going to talk about all of that today and kind of prep you for how you can prepare for this, how you can combat it, how you can mitigate it, and how you can try to have the smoothest transition in back to school in the smoothest first few weeks of back to school to set up for like a successful year. So let's do it. Number one is connection to classroom and curriculum and your teacher. When I say connection to classroom, I think I've watched a lot of children who come into the classroom as a preschool owner. One of my greatest desires was to create a space that kind of felt like a home away from home. And I think when we're sending our children off to school, we don't want them to feel like they're going away, right? We want them to feel like they're going to another safe place. We want them to be happy to be there. We want them to feel like they are just going to their other place of safety and learning, not necessarily that we are, like, sending them away because we got to go to work and we have things to do. So this is the place that you have to be while we're there, right? We want this to be a place that they're connected to. And some of the ways that we can do that is making them feel like it's a place we want to be. And I'm not saying go spend a bunch of time at their school. I don't know what your schedule looks like. I am saying that you can treat their classroom as a place that you think is exciting, right? And you can treat their what they're doing in school as something that you want to hear about. And you can treat their teacher as someone who you care about and who you are quote, friends with, right? These are things that you want to do so that your children feel like you are dropping them off at auntie's house. Like this is somewhere that they want to go. And there are several different things that we can do to start to create these connections with their classroom, with their teacher, and then I'll talk about how you can stay connected to their curriculum. Some of the things that you can do in preparation for back to school, or if you're listening to this a little bit later and school has already started, you can still do these things to develop these relationships. And I also want to mention that I don't know how old your children are. When you're listening to this, but I know for myself, I have a child that is going into high school for the first time. I have children that are in middle school, elementary school, and then I have children that are entering kindergarten. So we over here are also experiencing these new transitions. And everything that I'm talking about literally applies to all of them on every level. You just kind of scale it up or down depending on their age. So visiting the school is something you can do if you haven't done it already visiting the school and kind of getting acquainted with the school, knowing here's where we have lunch, here's where you play, here's where you hang out with your older children. It is the same thing. And I'm assuming that you probably have already done this, where they have already kind of seen their school, seen their classroom. And this is important because in going anywhere new, we kind of want the ability to picture ourselves in that space. So your children are going to want to picture themselves in that space. It's going to make it less scary for them. They don't want to go to a space that they have no idea what it looks like and they're just making it up in their minds. Or they might be making up in their minds Disneyland place and then might be disappointed when they get there and it's just not as amazing as they thought it was going to be. So you want them to be able to picture the school and themselves in it. If you haven't gotten a chance to actually go to the school and visit it or take your kids to the school and visit it, I'm positive that you can find pictures somewhere. And I'm a big picture person. So you can look up online, look at their Instagram page, sit down, spend some time connecting with your child where you actually get to show them the different parts of the school so they can start to imagine it, see it, and see themselves inside of that space. Point out things that are beautiful. If you see a picture on their Instagram or their website that has a mural or a garden, talk it up. Be like, isn't this really cool that you guys have this? How do you think you're going to enjoy this? How much time do you think you might spend there? Do you think maybe one day we'll get a picture of you next to this mural, right? And obviously, you're not talking to your teenager like that. But you can talk to your teenager about a mural, ask about the history. Like, There are different ways to connect to them in ways that they'll be connected to their school. So pictures are always really helpful if you haven't had a chance to go to the school. Another thing that's helpful in creating that connection with your teacher is actually starting the process of connecting to them through writing them a letter, drawing them a picture. It's something that I like to do with my children before school starts is sitting down with them and saying, like, let's make a card for your teachers. I wonder what they're going to be like. I wonder who they are. One thing that I did last year with my twins, because it was their first year in school at all and away from the house, was I was able to visit the school But I wasn't able to take them with me for the visit. I don't remember why, but I remember that I was there. I got a chance to meet their teachers. They did not get that same chance to be in the classroom and meet their teachers. So I walked around their classroom with my phone. I asked their teachers if it was okay. I took video of their classroom. I took pictures of their classroom. And then I asked their teacher if they could send a video to to Matilda and Daniel. So their teachers did. They made a quick 30-second video and just said, Hi, Matilda, Daniel, I'm Miss So-and-so. I'm going to be your teacher. I can't wait to have you here. And they made a cute little video that I was able to show the children when I got home. And so when my twins watched that video they were excited. They already were walking into their classroom feeling like their teachers knew them, were anticipating their arrival. Their teachers are smiling and sending them a message. So they already feel kind of a little more confident and secure about their teachers being nice people that they can address. So these are the types of things you can do, even if you are not able to have your children actually meet the teacher, like ask the teacher if they can send them a welcome video. Even if it's just a class, hi class, welcome to the class. You can ask your teachers to do this. If you can't get them to make a video, see if you can find a picture of your teacher, right? Don't go stalk them on Instagram, but go to like the school's website, look up the staff, see if they have staff pictures. What you want to do is like children thrive off of predictability and stability. So you are kind of filling in the gaps and the blanks and the holes as much as you can. If you can give your child the face of your teacher, you are giving them more confidence and security walking into that classroom. You can give your child what the classroom looks like. You're giving them more confidence and stability. And then again, on the other side, now you're writing that teacher a letter. So by writing a letter, even if they've never met them, they're already sitting down and feeling a connection to their teacher. And that letter can consist of, I'm excited that you're my teacher. Thank you for being my teacher. I wonder what we're going to learn this year. Or here are some things I want to learn this year. Or just even an intro to yourself. Here's who I am. Now, I'm saying write a letter, depending on the age of your children. They may or may not be at the age where they're writing letters. So you as the parent can sit down with them and you can say, hey, I wanted to write your teacher a welcome letter and I wanted to just introduce who I am. I wanted to ask your teacher a little bit about herself or himself. Do you want to draw your teacher a picture while I write them a letter? And again, you're doing that connecting activity. Like in all things, we're always working on building our connection with our children because we are our child's like pillar, their foundation, the people they're going to come home to. So in all things, there's like a dual purpose, right? We're connecting them to their classroom, but in a season where we're also going to be sending them away from us, we are reaffirming that connection to us and building that connection to us. So we can write them a, a letter, draw them a picture. We can bake them something or make them something. They can make a craft. You can take a walk around the block and pick some flowers and make them a bouquet. These are things that your your children actually get really excited to be able to give, right? It puts them in a place of empowerment of like, oh, I can come into class with something to offer, with something that will actually stand in the gap of like, I might be shy and I might not want to talk to my teacher, but I can hand them something so that they can still see me, know I'm in the class, know that I want to build a relationship with them, so on and so forth. This is actually also something you can do for the class. Like if you want to bake cookies, you could bake cookies for your teacher. You can also bake them for the entire class. So your children feel like they can come in with something for the class. Now, I will side note that since the pandemic, all different schools have different kinds of rules. So sometimes you cannot bring in baked goods. So get creative with it. Maybe you can Valentine's Day, we make a bunch of cards for everybody. You can make a bunch of little back to school cards for your class, right? You can make a bunch of little pictures or pins you know, whatever, you could pick a bunch of flowers and bring them to your class. You could go buy a pack of colorful pencils or erasers or little squishy balls, right? And something that's cheap and easy that you can find at the dollar store, but you can get them in bulk and walk into school with them and say, hey, I bought this for our classroom treasure chest. I wanted to give each of my friends a pencil. I wanted to give them some bubbles, something that will make your child excited about going into the class and kind of put them in a position of like feeling like they are a leader or they are on the welcome committee or something, right? But these are the different ways that we can connect them to the classroom, their teacher, their friends before they even get there. And we actually empower them and teach them how to be an initiator on these things, right? We empower them because sometimes our children are wanting the connection, but not knowing how to make the connection. And so sometimes we just send them off and they are waiting for someone else to initiate these friendships and these relationships. But this way we're setting them up to be able to initiate the friendships and relationships that they're probably seeking when they go into school. You can also go on Google and download one of those like getting to know you sheets and you can create one for your child and you can print out a blank one for your teacher. Most likely your teacher is going to send one home, but just to again, take that initiative and give your children kind of a little sense of control in a space where they probably feel like they're about to lose a lot of control. You can print out one of these sheets and say, you can give this to your teacher so we can learn more about him or her And it will have like, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite color? When's your birthday? And then these are also things that are exciting because you can mark their birthday in your calendar. And you can say, oh, when Miss or Mr. So-and-so has their birthday in October, we can buy them a gift. And we can buy them a purple something or some coffee because we see here that they love it. I wonder what your teacher is going to like. I wonder what you guys have in common. Things like this. And then you can fill out your own. So you can walk in day one your child can give it to your teacher that shows them what they like, what they don't like, what their favorite color is, some interests, and that's something your child can do, but it is also something you can do as as the parent. I think that I've talked about this in past episodes, but for me as a parent and an educator, one thing that is very powerful is developing that home to school partnership and the relationship between parent and teacher. So if you have ever noticed anything about your child, You want to share those with your teacher. Your teacher is going to be thankful because you're going to share it in a way that says, here are things that I've observed about my child, and here are things that may end up being a challenge, or here are things that will help you in the classroom. You are coming in not as a parent who's like, this is my child, and I need you to do X, Y, and Z, but as a parent who's like, hey, I want to partner and support you with my child in the classroom, and here are some things that I have found help and that work. So you can share things like, even when my son was going into camp, I had shared with his camp counselors that sometimes he becomes overstimulated with a lot of noises, and sometimes he just needs a moment to himself. Whether it's off to the side at a table on his own, right? Because who's gonna like send a child be like, no, you need it. You need to take a time out in a corner. Like it sounds bad, but sometimes he needs that. So. There might be times where he's feeling grumpy, and if they don't know that he gets overstimulated, they may not have noticed that, hey, every time after we sing our morning songs, he seems a little bit grumpy. But now that they know this, because I've given them this information, they might be able to offer him a quiet space or activity for five minutes to just gather himself and get it together to come join the group, right? So you can share with them patterns and things that you've learned with your child, You can share with them things that you've learned your child is really interested in. If you notice that your child likes building, you can share that with them. If they're having a challenging moment with your child or trying to find, you know, engage your child in the classroom, they can remember the things you've told them. Okay, I remember that he's really interested in blocks or she's really interested in magnetiles. Let me make sure I put this in the curriculum. Let me make sure I give them a moment to have, you know, this time to do this. So it's going to help your teacher, it's going to help your child, and it's going to help you because your child is coming home to you at the end of the day, and you want to make sure that they're having good days at school. You also, when wanting to connect to the classroom and the teacher, you also want to connect to the curriculum. Now, almost every teacher in classroom that I know of has some sort of communication system. And I'm not talking about the schools like emailing you seven times a day and calling you three times a day. I'm not talking about the overarching school. Usually the classroom itself has some kind of communication system. It's either a newsletter. It's something like Class Dojo or Brightwheel. Those are both apps that teachers use to share pictures during the day, to share little messages, reminders that tomorrow's pajama day, whatever it is. And you want to make sure that you know what those are, that you have the class code to join, and that you join those on day one. Because that communication is kind of going to be your best friend, right? Class Dojo is what my children's school uses, and it has been my best friend. It is my way to respectfully communicate with the teacher because it's a messaging system on the app. I'm not in their phone texting them any time of day or night. They have the chance to look at it when they have a moment to look at it, so it's not invasive. But I have a chance to email them and say, hey, just a heads up, the twins or Eden went to bed really late last night, and they might be cranky this morning. Or just a heads up, we were rushing this morning and we missed breakfast, so they might be a little hangry this morning, right? Because your children On their hard moments, like it's going to show up in their behavior. And rather than your child being deemed as like a bad kid and they're just acting out, like you can give your teacher some insight and understanding into why they might have a challenging moment. And then on a more dramatic side, it's also a space where you can say, hey, I need a moment to talk to you today. Do you think you can give me a call? And maybe you call them or you set up a time to actually go in and talk with them. As a teacher, I've had many moments where parents come to me and they say, I just want to let you know that I just lost a baby. I just want you to know that me and dad are going through a separation right now. And these things are important for teachers to know. It feels like such intimate information to share, but it is so important because when these things happen, even if our children don't fully know what's going on, they notice when mom is not feeling well. They notice when mom's body has gone through something dramatic, even if they don't know what it is. And it will show up in their school, in their friendships, in these different places. So these are things that you want to share. When I tell you that your child's teacher should be like one of your best friends, (laughs) they should be one of the most connected people to you. Because they are a third party and a third partner in raising your children with you. So you really want to develop a strong relationship with them. And it's not a one-way relationship. It's not just, hey, I want to tell you all my business and all my information about me and my child. It is also, how's it going in the classroom and how can I support you? What are you guys needing? Do you need tissue boxes? Do you need more markers? Can I come in and read a book? I have off next Monday. I'd love to come do story time or help out with making packets or like, what do you need? But it is a two-way street of here's what's going on over here. And what is going on over there and how can I support? So now that we've talked a little bit about connecting to the classroom, the curriculum, and the teacher, we are going to talk about morning and night routines. Because morning and night routines are very important in offering your child a sense of confidence, calmness, stability, and predictability. Sometimes going into a new school year, it is throwing off that feeling of stability. And we have talked about needs before. Stability is a strong, basic human need. And so when we're entering new spaces, we being our children are entering new spaces, sometimes that need for stability and feeling of stability can be rocked a little bit. So you need to be able to offer your child stability, predictability, calmness, And the confidence in knowing that they have stable areas all the time. And we are doing this through our morning routines and our nighttime routines. We are making them consistent because those are the bookends to their day. So even if something crazy happens at school or totally unpredictable or challenging moments with friends, they are confident in knowing that they can come home to a calm, stable, predictable environment. I'm not going to tell you how to do your morning and night routines, but I want you to make sure that you have a morning and night routine. And that consists of like consistency. We are doing dinner, bedtime, bath time, whatever. And I want you to go back because we have built a whole episode on how to do our nighttime routine. That is in one of our episodes in the past. So if you need more direction and like how to build a strong nighttime routine, you can go back and listen to that episode but you want to make sure that you have a strong nighttime routine i also want to encourage you to really spend time with your child before they go to bed for me i actually do this in their room with them it's part of our like calm down wind down to sleep is that we go in their room probably 30 minutes before i actually want them to be asleep and then i hang out in their room with them for 15 20 minutes and just talk about whatever. Sometimes we're coloring in the bed together. Sometimes we might play with some toys for a few minutes, right? Nothing that's going to get them super stimulated. Something that's going to kind of wind them down and get them ready for bed. We might be reading books together. But it's a time where, again, we are developing that connection with them because we want them to always know they're connected to us. And this, this is also what's going to help us with drop-off time, right? It's like, they are going to know that they're connected with us. We're creating that foundation that is rock solid so that they don't have to worry that drop off means mom isn't coming back or dad isn't coming back. They're like, no, 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 no. Me and, me and my parents' relationship is strong. We're tight. I know that I can go to them. I can come to them. They're going to come back for me. I don't have to worry about that part. So spend some time with them before they go to sleep. That's just kind of unfiltered, unplanned time, but wind down time for you guys to really connect. And then in the mornings for your morning routine, I just want to give you a couple of hacks that work really well for me. And these are kind of cyclical. So part of this morning routine does start at night, which is that in our family, we have cubbies for everybody. It's like a stackable six cubby thing where we do it on Sundays. If you want to do it nightly, you can, but we do it on Sundays where my children pick out their clothes, their underwear, their socks, their clothes, and they stick them in their Monday through Saturday cubbies. This is great because it gives them autonomy and control over what they're wearing. They get to choose it and plan it out before. We're saving time in the morning. We're not running into, I don't want to wear that. Not today. I can't find this. I can't find my socks or my underwear. We are saving a bunch of time in the morning. They know exactly where to go. They again have that sense of stability and control because they are in control of what they're wearing, where it is where to find it. They're not starting their mornings off, rushing, running around, looking for things. They know exactly where it is. So it saves us time. It's organization, teaches them a lot of skills, and just helps our morning routine to get on the road a little bit smoother. Another thing we do in the mornings is like you can develop a playlist. And you can do this before school starts because again, it's going to help prepare you for the mindset of school. And it also is going to another chance to spend time connecting with your children which is that you are going to develop a morning playlist of, I don't know, map it out like you need maybe an hour worth of songs or 30 minutes worth of songs. Pick your favorite songs and it's going to be the same playlist every morning. Again, consistency, stability, predictability, but also an awareness of time. We know that by this song, we should be Already have our shoes on. We know by this song we should be heading out the door. We know by this song, maybe this song was earlier and it's time to brush teeth, whatever it is. But the songs actually help us with time management when your children are too young to tell time, or when your children are older and teens and they actually can tell time, but they are not doing the best job at like looking at the clock and keeping time. So the songs will help them keep time. The songs will also help them to like put them in a good mood you want to start your day off in a good mood. You want to start your morning off that bookend strong. So develop a playlist. Last thing I want to say about morning routine is I want you to consider like rise and shine method, right? (laughs) We use alarm clocks and sometimes alarm clocks can be very alarming. I recently read an article that talked about alarms and alerts being the first thing that wake you up in the morning and that they actually wake up the nervous system in like a state of panic because it's an alarm, which tells you something's wrong. So instead of like alerting your children into the start of their day, find a way to wake them up gently so that it's more of a rise and shine feel so that you have that calm, stable, consistent, confident morning to head you into your day. I also like playlists for the car. We don't necessarily do playlists in the car on the way to school, but we do have different people playing DJ on different days. We try to fill our car ride where we are just singing. Again, setting ourselves up for a good day. Uh, We love to listen to, this is going to be the best day of my life. You guys love my voice. I know it. I told y'all I need to be up for a Grammy somewhere. (laughs) Sorry, I got sidetracked. I get distracted by the beauty of my voice. But anyways, so setting yourself up to have fun, to have a good day. We sit in the car and we shout out all the joy that we can find around the simple thing, the trees, the birds, a dog. We try to find joy, try to get ourselves in the mindset of school when you are dropping off. So this is part of my drop off routine with my older children, because I want them to go into school feeling happy, singing songs in their mind, feeling confident, feeling good, connected to me. Um... But I also, for my littles, it's a part of our drop-off routine so that they have the same feelings. However, with the littles, sometimes the drop-off routine looks more like when we actually get out and leave them in the classroom, it's a hug, kiss, and high five. Like we have some type of, each of me and my children have a secret, it's not a secret, but a secret kiss slash handshake that we do. So I have that individualized, personalized goodbye that I have with each of my children which has changed. So, of course, my 13 year old. It used to include a kiss. She don't want to kiss me anymore. So it's a different. We adjusted hers to meet her need, but it's still something that she's willing to do, and a way that we can still have one last connection before saying goodbye for the day. So, with your little ones, it does look a little bit more like maybe an extra hug. They might need that extra boost of confidence. For your little littles, they might be worried that you're not coming back. This might be brand new. In these moments. I know as parents how hard it is to leave your child or especially especially a crying child. And again, this is one where we have a whole episode about this. So go back and listen to it. But as a reminder, you are the pillar and the confident foundation to send your child to school. If you stick around for too long, worried about them crying, you are going to tell them, You're right to worry. I'm worried too. I don't know about this. They're going to look at you and say, Well, if you're worried, I should be worried. Now I'm even more worried. So have that strong, consistent goodbye. And sometimes that does look like giving them a hug and a kiss and handing them off, even if they're crying, because you are showing them, I have the confidence that you're going to be okay here. And I have the confidence and I know I'm going to come back for you. And I want you to have that same confidence. So sometimes you have to have what they don't so that you can give it to them. And it may take two weeks. It may take a month, but they will get there eventually. And if they are little, little preschool, kindergarten, you may even do something like giving them a key to hold on to until the end of the day. Because they know you can't go too far without a key, right? You can give them an old key. It's just something to give them a sense that you're coming back and that they're still connected to you. Maybe a key, maybe a picture. One thing that I love a dad used to do in my preschool was he would squirt his son with his cologne. So his son actually carried around his dad's scent with him all day. And that helped calm him. Made him feel like he was a man, too. (laughs) So these are little things that you can do with your child to develop the like drop off routine and stability that we're coming back. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is this afternoon meltdown, which is also known as the after school restraint collapse. And I want you to keep in mind how many times throughout this episode, I have repeated the need for making sure that you are connected to your child. You and your home are the strong, consistent, stable, predictable foundations, because those are going to be crucial to mitigating these afternoon restraint collapse meltdowns that happen. Now, these are things that happen across the board with so many children What it is is that when you pick your child up, you might pick up a child that has a breakdown and cries. You might pick up a child that is screaming and kicking and mad and you're like, what happened? Why are you mad? You might just pick up a child who maybe they're on the more chill side, so they're just a little bit moody. They might be a little bit mean. This is something that does not just happen with your littles. This also happens with your older children. So they may get in the car and they may be a little more snappy. They might have a little bit more of that tween teen attitude. And you might feel really quick to combat it and feel like, who are you talking to like that? Don't be disrespectful. This, this and that. I want you to remember that the afternoon meltdown is something that the majority of children experience. And it it comes from the idea that during the day, they have to keep it together. They are dealing with hundreds of students that are around them. So they are hearing different sounds. They are seeing different things. They are smelling different things. Everybody's got different lunches. They are managing different situations with friends or not friends. They might have challenging moments with teachers. They might have great moments where they had dance parties. Whatever it is, they are overstimulated and they are coming down from high. They might have had to keep together their emotions from, you know, whatever happened during the day. So it's not necessarily that they had a bad day all the time. Sometimes they had a great day. It was just a long day and they're tired at the end of the day. And we as adults, we can relate to this. Like we can go have a whole day at work. And when we come home, like we just want to take our shoes off and take our bra off and relax, right? Like we're tired. We want to de-stress and unwind, As adults, many of us use the tool of having a glass of wine. Your children don't have wine, so they're going to give us the other wine. (laughs) So get ready to have your wine with your wine, right? Like with your child's wine. But get ready for that meltdown so that you don't take it personally and so that you don't backlash like at your child and get upset with them for having a very, very natural moment. But some things that you can do to kind of mitigate these meltdowns are one, is like that initial connection with your child. And I love, I don't know how many of y'all listen to the Michelle Obama podcast, but she talks about greeting your children with gladness. And I think that's so important. I make it a point to pick up my children and like the same way that they see me and go, mommy, and look so excited to see me, I get equally as excited to see them. I'm gonna greet them with all the gladness. Same with my older children. I'm gonna greet them with gladness. I'm also just going to treat them as humans. I am not going to be quick to jump into how was your day? What happened today? What do you have for homework? What do we need to do tonight? Because we have to remember that like they are coming off of that. Have you ever had like a hard discussion with somebody or just have a hard moment or just a busy day and you're like, I don't want to talk about that right now. I just got through it. I need a moment away from it before I get back to it. Give your children a moment to actually like get away from the day that they just experienced. So just see them, say, I'm so happy to see you. And let the conversation unfold. If you have a quiet ride home, like don't feel obligated to talk to your children and flood them with questions. You don't have to flood them with questions to show them that you care about them and you want to stay connected. Offer them that space and that moment to maybe just listen to music and sing on the way home. If they start up a conversation with you, then engage with it but give them a moment. One thing that I do is like, I bring snacks with me to pick up because I know they're going to be hangry and they're going to need a refuel of energy. So you can either have snacks ready at the house or you can bring snacks with you in the car. Healthy snacks to kind of give them that energy, allow them that moment to calm down and be with you. So I want you to just be aware of this afternoon meltdown. I want you to be aware that it's literally just them at the end of the day trying to unwind and relax Don't take it personally. Give them that space, but be a calm, confident, stable place where they can melt down. I don't want to say where they can melt down. Like, this isn't about let your kids kick and scream. It's just about, like, let your kids have their feels and offer them tools for calm. For us, sometimes with Matilda, especially y'all heard about the Matilda meltdown in the past, with her, it was like bath time was a lot earlier, We used to do bath time probably around 6 o'clock, but I noticed that they needed a warm bath earlier. So with Matilda, she was maybe doing bath time at 4 p.m., not because it was a part of our nighttime routine. It was a part of her wind down routine from school. We were definitely doing snacks. We were definitely still listening to songs. And then in terms of finding out how your day was, this kind of takes me back to the very start of our every episode, which is the pit and peak of your day. This is part of exactly why I have it. I don't have to find out about my ch- child's day the moment I see them. But at dinner time, after they've had a chance to unwind and relax and just talk about whatever they want to talk about or do what they want, like, now we have a moment to share when they're more removed from the situations of the day. They have a moment to share the best part and worst part of their day, which gives me space and opportunity to hear them and find out, like, Do we need to talk about this more? Do you need support in certain places? Do we need to talk to a teacher? So save those moments for dinner time where you can actually sit down, put the phones away, have these deep conversations, and then just kind of like hang with your child after school. So that's what I got for you today. I hope that was helpful. I hope that you guys took some notes. If you didn't, you can always come back and re-listen. and. You know, I love giving you homework. So your homework for this week is going to be to sit down with your child or your children and come up with that playlist. Ask them what their favorite songs are. Create a morning playlist that you're going to get dressed to, brush teeth to, uh, eat breakfast, all those things to help you organize and schedule your mornings and also to connect with your children. Let me know how it goes. Y'all, we have a Parenting for the Culture podcast club. It is free in Google Classrooms. You can find the link right here in our show notes, or you can find the link in my bio on Instagram at Sheree Sims. I want you to join the Parenting for the Culture podcast club, and I want you all to add like one of the songs y'all put in your playlist. We can give each other ideas and we can connect with each other and find out. I want to see what music taste y'all have. (laughs) Um, So do that today. Join us. If you guys have any questions, whether it be about back to school, afternoon meltdowns, Uh, whatever it is, send your questions in. You can email us at podcasts with an S at blacklove.com, or you can also fill out the Google form right here in the show notes, or you can DM me on Instagram again at Cherise Sims, but send us those notes and keep coming back, bring a friend, and I will see you all next week. Peace, everybody, and welcome back to school.